monster cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. I am your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by co-host Ryan Dahl. Uh, as we did last week, we're going to go over quickly over the ratings. Um, <laughs> funny thing, it's on my notes. I still have ratings for week nine up here because I never change it. Ratings for week a ton. Anyway, <laughs> it is now official that the AEW streak is over. They had a nice streak going for a while. Uh, they are now 36 and one against NXT this week. NXT gets the victory and pretty much like so far, the definitely the biggest victory so far, number wise, um, NXT won 786,000 to AEW 633,000. And if you watch both shows, I, we have not been able to pinpoint why that is, uh, there was only, there was one bigger week and it was all the way back in November. So, but, uh, yeah, it's insane. Like, I don't understand why it was such a drastic thing. Cause if you watch both shows, like I said, I guess just people just decided to watch NXT this week. Cause it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. And we, I know we were talking about this a little bit off show, but just to sort of throw it out there too, it, it didn't make any sense to me because AW, it felt like a lot of shit in their one show. Like, it, they had a lot of stuff getting advanced. They had a lot of storylines getting advanced. It was all stuff that I didn't really expect to to see go the way that it went necessarily as far as what they were building up to at the end of some of those segments. And then on NXT, it was the same fucking Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, and a triple threat match that everybody already knew the outcome of. Like... If you went into that triple threat match thinking anybody other than Keith Lee was going to win, then I don't know what the hell you've been watching or how you think wrestling works. Because there was zero way that they were going to have somebody else take the belt off of Keith Lee and then go into next week with any suspense or tension whatsoever that they were about to beat Adam Cole. And they're not going to have somebody beat Keith Lee and then go right on to lose the next week. So there's no way it could have been anybody other than Keith Lee winning. So there was just no tension or suspense or anything I really cared about for this week. So I don't know why they did so well. It's very weird. But maybe we're out of touch, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that's the case. Um, <laughs> or maybe because of the reports that Vince McMahon is about to take over NXT, that people wanted to watch one last episode with NXT <laughs> before he completely runs it into the ground. You know, something like that. Who knows? I don't know what the hell is going on. But uh, anyway, congratulations to NXT because uh, yeah, they won. So, uh, And then, of course, next week is going to be interesting, but we'll get in that to, in, into that in a minute. First, random thoughts throughout the week. Um, Ziggler is the new challenger for Drew McIntyre as he and Rude have come to Raw in exchange for the AJ Styles going to SmackDown, which I believe is a much better trade than the Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss for um, uh, for Apollo Crews. Uh, no shit. Um, at least at the time of the trade, anyway. Now they're finally doing something with Apollo Crews a year later, but whatever. Um, but I actually do like the fact that Ziggler is the new challenger. I know there's not much story to it besides the callbacks to them, but they didn't really have a huge breakup. It was just, you know, Drew McIntyre's magically faced now, and he just destroyed Ziggler. They kind of already had this feud once. Yeah, they had um, a couple matches, I remember. Yeah. and Because yeah. they're former tag team champions with each other or whatever. 
But uh, they got it where Ziggler's taking credit for McIntyre being brought back or whatever. Right. Um, so he th- he thinks he gets a shot at the title, which is fine. I don't care. Like I I tweeted out, I was like, I love. At that. least it's continuity. It's continuity, and he's fighting somebody different every month, and I don't have to see John Cena versus Edge or John Cena versus Randy Orton for eight straight pay per views. <laughs> In <laughs> a different, in a bunch of different gimmick matches. So people forget how how long that John Cena Randy Orton shit went. But yeah. I swear it was like the main event for nine out of twelve pay per views that year or something crazy. Um, oh. But uh, so um, what I what it reminds what Drew McIntyre's current run reminds me of is I tweeted out like a mid nineties run between a Bret Hart or a Shawn Michaels when they were the champion and they would always fight somebody different no matter what. Like, you, you never saw Bret Hart fight the same dude twice in a row, two pay-per-views in a row. You never saw Shawn Michaels fight two people, the same people in a row. Like, Shawn Michaels would go against Mankind. He'd go against Vader. He'd go against Undertaker. He'd go against Bret. He'd go against Diesel. You know, stuff like that. Same with uh, Bret. He'd go against Backlund, Diesel, Razor, Papa Shango, uh, PCO. Um, just any any any, uh, any big show or whatever. He would just go against somebody different. Uh all the way up to, of course, Yokozuna when he lost it or whatever. But anyway, right. like, uh, but stuff like that, like, they just fight a bunch of different guys. And that's what makes their run so good and what makes them look so good. And it helps put other people over. Even if they didn't win, which they didn't, it still put them. Well, yeah, you look at the Austin Hart, Hart, Austin Hart stuff. And then, weirdly enough, I feel like the, the HBK Mankind match actually put HBK over more. Than it did mankind. Like everybody already kind of knew what he, who he was, and what he was about. But nobody thought that. I feel like nobody thought that Shawn Michaels could really hang in that kind of match. And he kind of went out there and took it seriously, and had like a, a real like gritty match. And everybody was just kind of like looking at him differently after that as a, a bigger deal. So I mean, it works both ways. That was kind of towards the end of his face run as well, before he turned into Degeneration X or whatever. Because he always kind of had the attitude, but yeah, like you said. Uh, he took that match more seriously and wasn't joking around and shit as much. Um, but yeah, so all that stuff. Um, so yeah, this kind of reminds me of that. So I like it. I don't want to fucking tune in every pay per view or every special show or whatever and see Drew McIntyre go against the exact same person over and over. I don't want to see him fight Andrade five times and beat him. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking. I like. Annoying. I like how fast they moved on from the Seth Rollins thing because it didn't overstay its welcome. It was a good program, added a good story. You get to the end of it. Rollins loses. He has kind of like this mental breakdown in his Messiah persona. Drew McIntyre moves on. And now you've got Seth Rollins doing his own other things still completely separate, not having four different fucking rematches. Yeah, it's because great. usually how this would go is they would just have Seth Rollins keep pursuing him until he won, and then there's your 50-50 booking. Which only comes at a major pay-per-view. <laughs> but now instead he uh, – He's moved on to the Rey Mysterio stuff, even though that's kind of dragging out a little bit. But hopefully that mm. that ends at Extreme Rules, I hope. We'll see. Yeah. Um, if it ends at Extreme Rules, then I can't complain about the length of it. But if it goes past Extreme Rules, I'm I'm not into just, it. I'm just not into it because of the Dominic part of it. I just don't find – I don't buy him as a wrestler in any sense or even a remotely credible threat. They're not portraying him as such either, though. That's the thing. Like, Well, they had him come attack from behind the yeah, other night. Yeah, and I know that, stuff. but that's not a wrestler. That's not a wrestler. Anybody can do that. Dude did that to Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame ceremony. I, I that doesn't yeah, that doesn't tell me anything. Well for him. That doesn't tell um, me anything. Well, Bret Hart didn't do anything to him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Bret Hart's seventy. Doesn't, it, it doesn't. It do, okay, but he's against a non-trained wrestler. Like Dominic's coming in, and we're we're supposed to believe 
that he doesn't we already know backstage that he's being trained by other people Rey Mysterio has right. him he wants to be a wrestler yet you're going to come in have him in there and not do any kind of wrestling moves like if you're ever going to make him a wrestler like Rey wants because that's his whole thing that he's politicking backstage is to get Dominic into his role so that Rey Mysterio can kind of slow down step back eventually retire or whatever if you're not doing that if you're just having him come out there and get beat up by Brock Lesnar and fucking Seth Rollins and uh, theory and Murphy and stuff like that, and he's not doing any actual real wrestling moves. Then how the fuck am I supposed to take him seriously in this storyline at all to be any kind of credible threat? I, if, at Extreme Rules, he's supposed to just come out there and start doing fucking moves all of a sudden, and then I'm supposed to be like, oh, he knew he, he was a wrestler the whole time. Like that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. It's like, well, why the fuck weren't you doing that before on Raw? If he does I, that I mean, on Extreme Rules, I feel like that's the direction they were gonna go with. Um... God damn it, Cain Velasquez. Like, he had wrestling training, he had a whole arsenal of wrestling moves, they put him in that one match with Brock and had him do like an MMA match, and I felt like the natural progression of that would have been, okay, your next match, you're gonna, you're gonna have this, this arc where you go and train wrestling like you don't already know it, and then you come back and have a, a wrestling match with Brock Lesnar, and then do whatever we're gonna do from there, whether he wins or what, but, um... It kind of seems like they might be going the same route with Dominic. I don't know. I'm not a I huge just, fan of those kind of storylines. I don't either, because it makes it seem like anybody can just come off the street and yeah. then be ready in two months to beat a dude who's been champion multiple times. Yeah, it's just silly. So, I don't like see, it either. I liked it the way that Kurt Angle did it. Kurt Angle, right. he was a wrestler or whatever. He was. He an only did his Olympic wrestling shit for the longest time. Yeah, but when he came in, he was already doing actual moves as well. Like, he would throw in a few every now and then. Like, you didn't mm. see him try to train to be a wrestler. He already, right. they already portrayed him as a wrestler. As right. a credible threat or whatever. If you're the son of Rey Mysterio and you grew up with fucking Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio's been fighting for almost 30 better years. do some flips. You better be doing something. <laughs> you you learned nothing from watching your dad for th almost 30 years? Really? Well, he's just too tall to do all that shit. Um, yeah, I, I like... The angle thing is a good comparison, but also I think with Velasquez that... Like, if they had him come in just as, oh, I'm an MMA guy and I did MMA and he tried to do MMA shit... I don't think it really would have worked because he's not as coordinated an athlete. Like, he's big. He's strong. He knows how to punch. He's got submission game, but he's not, like, a fluid performer, you know? Yeah. So, and, and Kurt Angle definitely was and always has been, so. I think, th I think this is another reason why people should respect what Ronda Rousey was able to accomplish in such a short time as well. Like, people shit on her matches and stuff a lot, but she her They're matches right. weren't yeah. really that Fine. bad yet. And yeah. she, I feel like she does, uh... She gets a lot of slack for no reason. She got slapped because she was thrusted into the main event because of her name. But that's no fault of her own. She created that name. She yeah, created that brand. Why not make money on it? That's the Vince problem. Yeah, exactly. That's not that's not her problem. Um, and Dana White did the same shit with CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. He did the exact same thing with CM Punk. He does the exact same thing with Greg Hardy. He does the exact same thing with a lot of people that he gets that are big names outside. Uh, he did the same thing with Brock Lesnar. He just happened to, you know, get somebody that could actually win a fight. That's not did the same thing with uh, Kimbo Slice. Yeah, um, but the thing is with uh, I don't really like seeing it with people like okay. So for instance, a Matthew Riddle when he mm. when he went to wrestling, he started in indies. He actually learned how to fucking wrestle. They didn't just throw. I mean, he wasn't as big of a name, obviously, but he didn't. And neither is Dominic, in my and in my opinion. Yeah, being somebody's kid doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So Matthew Riddle was uh, technically a bigger name than Dominic, who had. A storyline where Eddie Guerrero said he was the real father, or whatever. That's that was pretty much his wrestling background, right? So Matthew ladder Riddle, match for the custody of Dominic. But why is it, why is it Dominic? 
on the indies wrestling and shit. Why hasn't he been wrestling on the indies for the last five years in actual matches so we can actually know who he is? And then you can portray him as Ray's son and then bring him up to Raw instead of just throwing him in here and he doesn't look like he knows a fucking wristwatch from a wrist lock. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. So the Matthew Riddle, the the Ronda Rousey, the Kurt Angle ways, I like that better because when they come up, yes, they had names on the outside, but they don't act like they're just fucking, this is some new environment and they got thrown into it. Like, they already come in and you're already building them up as credible and they're actually coming in and doing actual moves mm. and not looking like they're fucking in some kind of playground street fight. Right. The the bad hammer fists and yeah. shitty punches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, at the very least, Ben, you can go in there and have them do like a, a DDT or something. Anything. And something. Anything. anything. Yeah. Anything to show that he knows that this is wrestling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If Dominic ran in there behind Seth Rollins the other night and fucking, like, put him in a scorpion death drop from behind him, that would have been 100% fine with that. That would have been great. But instead, it was, oh, let me just bum rush him and look like a fucking idiot. He could have turned him around and done a twist of fate in a swanton, and they could have been like, oh, he was a huge fan of the Hardys when he was a kid, when he used to... <laughs> yeah, any, anything. Like, any kind of move. I mean... I'm not trying to see. I don't want to see him go out there and try to do a six one nine or anything because you might want to save that for you know. He will though. Yeah, I think he will too. But you probably want to save that for later. But he could still do something, a callback to anything. It doesn't make any sense for him to just go out there and punch and not very well like a Dark Order member and fucking. See the the way I would have booked that segment, man. He runs up from behind while Seth Rollins is in the ring, and he does like a fucking swinging tornado DDT around him and then rolls out the ring in the same motion. See, I don't even think he had to do all that. I mean, I mean yes, you understand that his dad is one of the greatest cruiserweights of all time, if not the, but what you do is you want to also have it make sense to where he just took out a fucking former universal champion, right? A multiple-time world champion. So when you go behind him, hit him in the balls. Then when he turns around, then DDT him. That then you have actually have a reason why you got one over on Seth Rollins, like because you cheated to do it, but you still yeah. Did it. They do that. They do that hitting the ball shit way too much for heels though. So I think they have it in their yeah, heads. Yeah, but like, this is also a personal rivalry where the dude tried to take out his dad legit. Yeah. So if that if there was any a time if, if there was ever a place or time to do it, it would be during this. If story. it ain't AJ defending Wendy, then uh, yeah, I guess that would also work. Um. I yeah I, the the whole Dominic thing in general I could do without but we'll we'll see how they play it out. Do you like the did or did you like the Undertaker tribute show for SmackDown? Uh, I mean, I it, it makes sense. I just I felt like if they were gonna do a a tribute show, like it makes sense it was on SmackDown at least because that was kind of where he was most um known I guess during his run after the original brand slits, but. I, it just felt real unnecessary. Oh, well, it was necessary because they had to cut out a lot of shit, or not, they didn't have time to film shit because of the they COVID-19 just had pe- shit. I mean, I guess. Well, that's the they whole reason had, they did it. It just felt like a rerun of the fucking... I don't know. I, I mean, I guess they, if they needed time. Like, I, I did like the... um, I did like the interviews with Reigns and stuff. That was the first time he's been on television in a while, but... Um, I, I thought it was kind of cheesy having the whole roster chanting "Thank you, Taker" and all that shit. Was, whatever. Um, well, you know what I don't like is the fact that he was on SmackDown for so long, and they showed like 
nothing with him and Edge besides when Edge was talking already. But they didn't show like anything with him and Edge and him and CM Punk, who he had long feuds with for, with both on SmackDown. Like, where the fuck was that shit at? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just re- I don't know, man. Just like replaying the fucking Boneyard match for an hour is. Yeah, just... I didn't like that part. And right at the beginning of the show too. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how the hell they got over two million viewers for that. Nothing else on TV on Friday. Cause that I mean, it was. We did really like it when it first aired, so yeah. But I don't want to watch it again. I want to see it when I want to see it, though. Don't tell right. me. Don't tell and me when. Without, I, don't tell me when to see it. Without commercials. Yeah. And you clearly cut out a bunch of shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. you know they're you know they're digging deep when they got to get fucking Lucha House Party out there. But my thing is like with the matches they had, they could have broken that up into more matches. Like you have. Lucha House Party, The New Day, Morrison, Miz, Nakamura, and Cesaro there to have this four-on-four. And you need matches. Why not just break those up into better singles matches? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. You put fucking... I want to see Kofi against Nakamura in a singles match. I, I, I want to see Big E versus Cesaro. Like... You can put Grand Metallic against Morrison and give Morrison a, a win, but have it look cool. I, I just I don't know what their thought was with hey we have uh, we have very little people tonight we got to fill this space let's do it all at once in a fucking four on four match. This is weird. Yeah. Uh, did you like the Wyatt Swamp fight? Well, not like it because it hasn't happened yet. But do you like the match concept? Do you? I mean, we don't know what it really is. Obviously, it's going to be a cinematic match. Yeah, uh, nice. it's going to happen between Bray and Braun at Extreme Rules Horror Show, which kind of which kind of tells you why Bray's gone back to the Buzzard Bray because he's going to do the Swamp Fight. Uh, also, I do believe that this would be a great chance uh, at Papa Shango cameo, reminiscent of WWE 2K20 that you talked about. Can you- Get off of Papa Shango for one fucking WWE week. WWE 2K20, you brought it up originally. WWE 2K20, the storyline. Are you talking about wrote. back when I was playing the game? Yeah. Yeah, I brought it up back when I was playing well, the that's game. That's why I'm bringing him up now, because he was, was in the game. literally like eight months ago. I don't play the game, so. I don't either. I played it once. Okay, well, Papa Shango could show up. That'd be fucking awesome. Well. We'll, we'll take a Since side bet on that. When we, do the, when we do the predictions, we'll take a side bet on whether or not Papa Shango shows up at the Swamp Match. They've had dumb shit happen in these cinematic matches before. I think it would be cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Who else is a Swamp person? So Louisiana. Waylon Mercy. Yeah, he's not showing up. <laughs> uh, the God ones? Yeah, I'm... They were built from Arkansas, I believe, so no. Farmer than Swamp, eh? Pig Swamp. Skinner. Yeah, I don't know. What... Skinner, yeah. <laughs> Skinner. Uh, Leo Kruger. No, won't happen. No shit. Is he still in a... Where the hell's he at? He retired. Oh, I thought he was... Oh, never mind. I'm thinking about fucking Aaron Rex for some reason. Anyway, yeah, uh, they might do cameo stuff. I had, again, it's one of those things where I just don't see them changing the title in a cinematic match anyway. I think it'd be a lot easier to 
do cameos if he didn't get rid of the two guys that you know he was with. But whatever. Yeah, they might bring back Rowan for that. Just pay him to do like a one-off. I don't know about that. Not from the stuff that I've read. Not Eric. Not Eric Redbeard. I don't think so. I haven't seen Rowan bitch or anything publicly. He doesn't get a talk at Jericho interview. But he already got an interview, though, and he did complain about what was going on. Uh, Stiff Shots. Brought to you by Sleeps.com. Sleeps designs and produces custom compression gear. Everything from arm and leg sleeves to headbands, bandanas, t-shirts, and jerseys. Sleeps carries over 200 different designs for everyone from kids to adults. And now it just got even better because if you use the promo code MONSTER25, that's MONSTER25 without the vowels, M-N-S-T-R-25, you'll get 25% off your order even on discounted items. So go to Sleefs.com, that's S-L-E-E-F-S.com for your active wear accessories now and use our promo code MONSTER25, that's M-N-S-T-R-25 for 25% off your order and get your gear on. Backstage fight between Sammy Callahan and recently released Michael Elgin as they were going over their match. Interesting. Sammy Callahan hey, is nobody to fuck with, by the way. I've learned that over the past couple of years. Like, he's no joke. Like... He's small in stature, obviously. Uh, but, man, if you piss that dude off, he has no problem going at you. He reminds me of, like, a Jericho backstage. Like, he has no problem going after whoever the fuck he needs to go after and starting shit. Because you know how big Michael Elgin is compared to Sammy Callahan? Yeah, I mean, he's big, but he can't. don't mean shit. But just to get in a fight about it, going over a match, though, where the dude is right beside you, that's fucking insane. Like, how bad would that ha- argument have to be for them to escalate into fighting? Yeah, I mean, that's it, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why do either of you care this much about the fuck? Like, the beginning the, the, of the, the match, by the way. The end of the match is already decided. So why the fuck do you care how it starts? Unless, unless Sammy was already pissed off at him because of rumors coming out again about Elgin, the whole reason why he got suspended in fight. I know that, but that don't mean he knew about it. There's a lot of people that didn't know about what the hell these allegations were. And people, this ain't the first time people have come out with allegations against these people. They just, this is the first time anybody's heard them because everybody paid attention to the David Starr one. And then everybody came out with their shit at the same time. So it's different now. But we already know Callahan ain't got no problem going after people because after the Jim Cornette comments about Sonny Kiss, that motherfucker spit on him on TV. At MLW. Uh, Tessa Blanchard uh, joins Michael Elgin in being released from Impact. And she also uh, joins Joey Ryan and Dave Christ. Or Christ, or I don't know how yet. Uh, So, yeah. And then, of course, in the WWE side, uh, Ligero, Gallagher, Travis Banks all released from WWE. Well, the weird thing to me is, why the fuck was... why, Why were... Okay, so when they fired Joey Ryan and they fired Dave Christ, they only suspended. They already said they su- right. They already said that Elgin was suspended. So why the fuck is he putting together a match anyway? Uh, I believe this was before that. This is I I didn't say this happened on the last episode of Impact. Also, Impact is not live; it's tapings. Yeah, I understand that. So the they fired Joey Ryan and Dave Christ on the twenty third, and then the fight with Elgin and Callahan. 
happened around the 26th. Not necessarily. That's just when it came out that they got into a fight. Nobody knows when the fuck they actually got into a fight. Clearly it was happening at the taping, so it's whenever the tapings were. I'm just saying he clearly wasn't suspended for real. No, he was suspended for real. Man, if you're going to say somebody's suspended and then you have them backstage booking a fucking match with Sammy Callahan. I don't understand what I don't understand two months from yeah, now. Yeah, I don't understand what you're not understanding about this. Clearly the taping was happening before the suspension. I don't think so. Yeah, I because do. If they're going to fire him over over him fighting with Callahan, they're going to do that before That's not they're going to be like, always oh, suspended. They didn't fire him over that though. They did fire him over that. That's not what he got let go for. That's why he, when he released the statement that he released, he clearly said that I hope when all this blows over, the allegations, that he can come back to Impact. He has no ill will towards Impact for what they did. They did not fire him for getting into a scuffle backstage, I assure you. So you you think they were just like oh okay well we broke y'all up and uh, no I, what I think what, what Scott Diamora had to fucking step in and, and break y'all up but no it, it's got nothing to do with no it doesn't what I think happened and what I'm pretty much know for a fact happened is the fact that they when they said that Dave Christ and uh and Joey Ryan were fired but then Michael Elgin was only suspended in the exact same fucking announcement that motherfuckers attacked them even more. Instead of quieting down because they didn't really want to get rid of Michael Elgin. And then it got to the point where, like, man, we got to get these fucking people off our backs. And they just said, we'll just release you for right now. And they're doing the exact same thing that uh, WWE did as far as, like, the COVID-19 shit where they're like, okay, we might bring you back later when this is all done and we actually have money. But in this case, it would be when this all blows over. Get your shit so right. The, get your shit right Elgin, and we'll bring you back. Elgin shit was nowhere close to Joey Ryan shit. Yeah, I get that. But that doesn't matter. Uh, people are getting let go just based off of fucking pressure from fans, not even just the fucking Joey Ryan stuff. Should Joey Ryan have got let go? Yes. I'm not trying to compare the one or the other. But when you got fucking fans down your throat and you're already hanging on by a thread as far as people viewing you as a company anyway because all the people that were helping you turn around your business, now you're getting rid of them, then it just looks like bad publicity. And this is not they're not in a WWE state where even bad publicity is good publicity. They can't afford bad publicity. And you've seen how people have been going crazy on Twitter. So, you got one little thing against you, you're fucking done. And Michael Elgin mm-hmm. has something against I, him. It I, literally I, had nothing to do with the fight. I, I think it did. I'm telling you, fucking Don Callis and fucking uh, Scott Demore don't like Sammy Callahan more than they like Michael Elgin. What do you think about the? Do you, do, you, do you remember that old that old territory rule where if you got in a real fight and you lost in front of fans that you basically got kicked out of the fucking territory because nobody would take you seriously anymore? Yeah, but they didn't get in a fight in front of fans. In fact, yeah, they but never... you knew that shit was going to come out about it. Yeah, so what? They didn't even fucking fight to see who was going to win either because they got broken up. So what does that have to do with anything? Are you just asking uh, me I, in general sure. if I know about it, or are you asking me because yeah, it doesn't? That, it, right? It's not relative to what actually happened. Because if that was the case, yeah. then Sheamus would have got fucking fired for getting his ass kicked by Hunico backstage. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was related, dude. If they wanted it, your your story doesn't make any sense. The whole like, oh well, they didn't realize that people were going to be as mad about keeping them, and then people were complaining about and like Elgin shit. All as far as I know, what's public about Elgin aside from. Uh, 
uh, some shit about him sending dick pics or something was that one of his somebody at one of his schools or something had had fucked around with this girl and then the girl came to him trying to get him to do something about it and he was like that's you know that's my student like go to the police like i can't i can't do anything about that i'm not gonna kick him out of my school because some random person comes up and says that some dude i'm training did something go to the fucking police about it and then if they arrest him and they investigate it and they find out he's guilty and all that shit then i'll obviously i'll cut my ties with him but i'm it's not my job to fucking police that go to the police and a bunch of people got real mad at him about that and obviously you know I, I can see why some people would be mad about it, but I also see how, from his point of view, you can't just take everything that somebody says and start firing people and cutting ties with them over it either. Um, yeah, the same, especially the if they're same, paying the you. same shit that WWE and AEW is going through right now. Well, the, the difference with Elgin is that that person was paying him, so of course he's he's going to be more reluctant to cut ties. But I I just don't think that that on it. I think that's what the suspension was for, so that they could go look into that more or whatever. And then the fight shit. It was just like, look, like we're not going to fucking keep you around and look into this shit for you. and All you're doing is causing problems. So just go. That that makes way more sense to me than any of this like fan black backlash bullshit. Like, it, Elgin's think, not somebody whose name has been kicking around a lot during all this. Yeah, I think you're underestimating the power of what the fucking fans are doing currently because I promise you they have that much power. And I'm telling you, based off the tweet that he wrote, his little stupid thing that he put, he has no ill will towards Impact, and he plans on joining them if he can clear his name and all this shit blows over. So, obviously, Sammy Callahan's still going to be there if he comes back to Impact. So, unless there's a fucking rule that Don Callis and Scott DeMore got told by Sammy Callahan, don't bring him back, which I highly doubt Sammy Callahan would refuse to work with somebody just because they got into a fucking scuffle backstage over the way a match was going to start. Clearly, they were just not having good days, and it fucking was just a blow-up. I highly doubt there's a deep-seated, fucking rooted thing between them two that they hate each other so much that they don't they don't ever want to work with each other. This is not a fucking Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. I mean, if Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss can still do matches against each other after their shit backstage, then I highly doubt this motherfucker got fired for a scuffle backstage. Scuffles backstage happen all the time. This one just happened to come out Scuffles backstage with people who are already on the cusp of being let go is a completely different thing than just a, cu- the, than just a scuffle well, backstage. Well, that's where we disagree. You think it happened after suspension, and I'm telling you, I don't think it did. The taping happened way before the suspension was announced. If you say so, I mean, I don't, I don't really give a shit that much. But all I'm saying is that from the sounds of the fightful report, it was them planning a future match taping, not something that's already happened. No, that uh, you're not understanding at all. But it's okay. Apparently not. So it's all good. It's whatever. I don't care that much either because I'm not a huge fan of Michael Elgin anyway. But I'm just he telling is, you the the you know. the timeline of events. I don't think you have correct at all. Just because it came out on that day doesn't mean that's when it happened. I would assume it came out pretty. Or it happened pretty fucking relatively soon to that. Not necessarily. It could have just came out because fucking somebody knew that Michael Elgin got let go, so they just came out with it. That's when, when, when somebody gets let go or fired, how much dirt and shit about that person comes out? Bro, we hear about fucking every backstage fight that ever happens these days. So I don't know about that. And, and it usually happens pretty fucking quick. Yeah, I I disagree with that. Uh, even after Renee, we are Chris Jericho and goddamn. Uh, Brock Lesnar having to blow up literally the day after. Yeah, that's a WWE pay-per-view. That's that's way bigger than a fucking Impact taping. Of course that came out faster. 
Who, who's sitting, who's sitting there waiting there, for gonna... fucking impact dirt in the back to, to fucking put on the dirt sheets? Nobody. Anybody who wants to be relevant because they work at fucking impact? That that doesn't even make sense. How, yes, how does, does that make them relevant? Because they're able to provide information and sources and inside shit so they have ties to Dave Meltzer or Fightful or whoever. If they're willing to talk, that makes them more important than they are just working there. Okay. Even after Renee Young, Adam Pierce, Jamie Noble, and Kayla Braxton, among others, test positive for COVID-19, WWE still plans on having actual fans at their July 24th and 27th SmackDown and Raw, clearly learning nothing in everything that's happened so far. If any of y'all invest in, in options, if any of y'all ever play with stock options, now's the perfect time to buy puts on WWE. Y'all that know options will know what I'm talking about. Because that shit, it sank. Their stock sank, I think, a dollar seventy something on Friday, just from the just from the COVID news alone. Not even counting like all the fallout of it. I already put puts on them. I already made money on that shit, but the contract hasn't expired yet. Because as soon as the news came out about Moxley, I was like, "Who the fuck has Moxley been in contact with?" That man doesn't hang out with anybody. Not really. He's been in contact with his fucking wife. And his wife works for the company that's been completely fucking up their testing and where everybody's been talking about their testing sucks. So as soon as the Moxley shit came out, my immediate thought was Renee, Renee has fucking COVID like a hundred percent. Who the fuck else would it be? They don't even let anybody else like anywhere near the building over with the way the AEW's protocol is. They do blood testing. They're not just checking people's fucking foreheads. So as soon as I heard the Moxley shit, I went ahead and bought puts on WWE, and of course their stock fucking sank like several percent on Friday afternoon. So between that and they're gonna have to, if they keep having to do this shit like they did Friday with the SmackDown show, and oh, we're just gonna show a bunch of old shit and like whatever, like you know, from a watcher point of view, I don't really have a problem with that, but I also know it's gonna tank ranking ratings. Like if they wanted to show. You know, some classic SmackDown episode that was really good from forever ago. Maybe that one where everything just ends up in a crazy brawl from all the Attitude guys at the end of the WCW invasion, whatever the fuck. Like, if they wanted to show that whole episode on, on their time slot, great. I'm sure that they would get some eyes on it. But as far as their their valuation and their stock and stuff like that and how much this is going to set them back, it's going to be weeks that they're going without proper programming is going to like and eventually they're going to keep doing this shit and i think at some point florida's going to have to step in and be like bro like what the fuck are you doing you can't just keep running stuff like this you you have 30 something employees now i think the number's up to you that have either got it or been exposed to it or whatever it's just i i don't see how this doesn't have like a major financial impact on them They're not running any live shows. They're not running any any. Uh, they're not getting any gate for their pay per views. Their their Q two and Q three revenues are going to be fucking trash. Yeah. Well, what do you think about the whole WWE with the Kevin Dunn or whatever, like refusing people Fuck to Kevin. wear? Yeah, he's an idiot. Uh, saying people can't wear, don't wear masks or whatever. Oh. I get so sick of these fucking people, man. But the, there's there's two things about the mass shit that piss me off. One, you've got these people out there like like Kevin Dunn, 
who are just like, oh, yeah, it looks bad to acknowledge that it's a real problem. It's the same line of logic as, hey, we got to slow down that testing because too many numbers showing that people are infected means that our numbers are higher. Yeah, no shit. That's the point of doing the testing. And then the other people are the ones that are like, oh, yeah, it it lowers your blood oxygen and gives you hy hypoxia and all this fucking low-key. And, uh, bro, if if everyone who wore a mask ended up with hypoxemia over it, you – okay, let, let, me, let me word this a different way. You lose more blood oxygen going from sea level to fucking Denver than you do from wearing a mask for 24 hours. So unless everybody in Denver is brain damaged and about to fucking die, you do not have a point with this mask shit and the, the blood oxygen shit. It's not real. Drop it. It doesn't make any sense. You have doctors and surgeons and nurses and shit wearing masks nonstop for hours of the day. They're not all fucking getting brain damage and dying and tissue death and whatever the fuck else you guys think you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I love the fact that, like you, like you just said, the doc doctors and surgeons wear them fucking constantly, and you're you're okay with trusting your life in their hands that are they're supposed to possibly be able to get brain damage, but they're the smartest people to do to save lives like really oh, that's what that's your fucking link that makes no fucking sense whatsoever it's fascinating fascinating this is this is fucking flat earth territory can we say that it's literally flat earth territory yes. I, I there's this image going around right now of oh well the other way to cure it is don't wear a mask because that'll give you brain damage the way to cure it because coronavirus is whatever ph is to eat alkaline foods <laughs> and then on the list of fucking alkaline foods, they have pineapple and oranges at 9.2 and 13 point something alkaline. Do you understand that oranges and pineapples are full of citric acid? Acid. It's acidic. Who the fuck thinks that oranges and pineapples are alkaline foods? Even if the rest of that shit in that stupid fucking picture made sense... Why would you believe it at the point where somebody's trying to tell you that oranges and pineapples are fucking alkaline? <laughs> Goddamn brainless. Uh, well, this is what happens when you're stuck in your house all day. You ain't got nothing else to come up with but fucking conspiracy theories. You know, like like what we said last week with everybody that's a fucking judge and a lawyer and a fucking jury and detectives. Now this week we got to worry about fucking... Goddamn doctors! All these do all these people that create uh, graduated med school that we didn't know. Man, it's it must be really hard finding jobs out there right now. You know, since everyone's fucking sick, you should all be at work instead of on Twitter coming up with these fucking pictures of dumb shit that make no sense. Fucking making people think that their uh, opinions are either right or wrong for the worse, because then they're just gonna go out there and either die. Or get someone killed because you are too fucking lazy to put a goddamn mask on. You hear me every week on this fucking show, and unless I start to sound like fucking Goldos after he got electrocuted, I assure you that me wearing my fucking mask for eight hours a day isn't affecting my brain. So, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's fucking fascinating. You me. like how I brought that oh. back to wrestling, though? That was pretty good. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Speaking of people that wear masks every day, luchadors don't have brain damage. Yeah. Fucking Kane wore his fucking mask with almost no fucking holes in it for his, like, how many years before he changed his mask? That man did whole WWE accesses. And he's and a politician. A, he's a mayor. Yeah, he's a fucking mayor and considered one of the smartest wrestlers. 
up there with like JBL, right? Fucking one of the smartest wrestlers and wore a fucking mask that almost had no fucking breathing in it. And he's like a fucking 300 pound, seven foot tall dude. He needs more oxygen than you do. I think you'll be all right. Oh, man. I, the, the funny thing is, too, um, God, I can't talk about that. Okay, we're going to say, hypothetically, there's a, a major tech company that hypothetically has a new device that measures SpO2, okay, which is the amount of, of oxygen in your blood. Hypothetically, I might have one of these. Hypothetically, I've checked my fucking blood oxygen while I'm wearing a mask. It does not go down by any significant amount. You're talking about maybe a drop of one point. Maybe. So please shut the fuck up. I don't have any big deal or Nas. Do you want to go over, like, anything that we haven't? Do you want to talk about AEW since we haven't talked about AEW yet? AEW. Yeah. Because we, we talked AEW about AEW NXT. did a lot last week. Do what? Yo, yeah, did it, di- it dipped, but, like, what did you think of the show, though, is what I'm saying. No, I said did a lot. Oh, did a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, storyline-wise, well, they had well, a bunch of well, Storyline-wise, they had to because they didn't just slap a fucking name to their next two-week show like fucking WWE NXT did because we want to stick it to Cody real quick and throw his dad's fucking creation to Great American Bash. Oh, yeah, and of course, of course it went from fucking magically one to two weeks out of nowhere. And... Everyone who's fucking out there saying that it's not counter-programming and it's because it's a war, you're a fucking idiot. Now, let's say that it was built up and it was only one week and it just happened to be the first week or the second week. I don't even give a fuck what week it was going against Fighter Fest, right? Then maybe, right? Maybe. But then when you extend it to two weeks and you literally have zero buildup except for the fact that we just said, hey, next week is fucking Great American Bash at the end of your fucking show like you created this while it was fucking live and Triple H just had this fucking idea backstage or Vince had the idea backstage and said, hey, somebody find a fucking Great American Bash logo and we'll throw it up there real quick and we'll have people come in next week and fucking... We'll have fucking Great American Bash NXT because we've never had it before, and now magically we've never had a fucking two-week fucking regular program that we stuck a damn pay-per-view name to. But since they're doing it, now we're gonna fucking do it on the exact and anybody that same doesn't weeks. understand that the double title match specifically on the day that Fighter Fest was supposed to happen is intended to be counter-programming. You're fucking dumb. Oh, it was like, fucking dumb. I, the comments I was reading, dude. Oh, why are you bitching about it? This is what you wanted, a war. Yeah, we want a war. I want you to put out fucking shit that rivals the other shit or that you keep one-upping. You're not yeah. one-upping somebody because you threw Great American Bash their up name. there. Yeah, yeah, that's not one-upping someone. I could give like, two fucks about that. If they if they intentionally had like a really great card to counter-program, that's one thing. And I see that that's what they're trying to do. And great. I love that. I, I, I want to watch some of those matches they're talking about. However, it's not a war to be like, hey, you know that thing your dead dad came up with? Well, we're going to run shows on the same week trying to fuck your stuff, and we're going to put his name on it. That's not a war. That's just being a fucking dick. And how many, how many names do you have in the bank that you could have thrown up there, right? Anything. You already used it in your house. Zone. Yeah, you, are, you could have anything. All the pay-per-view names that are way better than fucking your stupid themed pay-per-view names, like your stupid TLCs and your fucking Money in the Bank names, like your Judgment Days or your No Way Outs or, you know, something like that. You could have thrown any of those fucking things up there. Any of them. But you, you chose to use Great American proper. Bash, really? You already Just fucking NXT... killed. Go ahead. Go ahead. NXT Night of Champions. Yeah, you're, you're doing all the chip. Yeah, exactly. Or... 
And then you could have, well, I don't know if you could have because he might still be stuck, but Walter's out there, right, somewhere? I don't know somewhere. if you could have brought him in, but maybe he could have defended his shit, whatever. I don't know. But you could have done any of that stuff, and you only had to make it one night. Why didn't you fight with USA to be like on the second night of Fighter Fest? Hey, can we extend our shit to three hours instead of two because we want to do this really special thing, right? Instead of making it super fucking transparent that you're clearly copying AEW by making it a two-week event. Also, why don't you just counter-program with a really good card like you said? Like, if you had Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai and you had fucking Adam Cole versus Keith Lee on night two of Fighter Fest, I promise you that alone without Great American Bash up there could have yeah, fucking brought would, people over. Especially since you already infiltrated AEW by fucking getting Renee Young COVID-19 by not <laughs> testing her. And now John John Moxley's probably going to have to miss this match and probably will not have this match against fucking uh, Brian Cage anyway. So you probably would have won the second week of this Fighter Fest thing rating-wise or at least had a way better chance. Anyway, so what is the point of fucking Great America Bash? There's literally none. I, uh, I have no idea, dude. Uh, uh, fucking call it Bash at the Beach or something, man. If you want to do that. They can't. Oh, they don't have that, right? No. AEW Bro, has it. like, yeah, that's right. Um, But still, like, it, it's just, it, it's so, and people will bitch and say, oh, well, Cody smashed a throne. Yeah, okay. That was their, what, like their first real pay-per-view. And he wasn't going um, head-to-head with anybody. It it wasn't the whole show, and it, it wasn't meant to take viewers away from anything else that was happening at that point, because nothing else was happening from WWE that night. It was an official signal of them breaking away from WWE and letting you know that something else besides WWE exists. That's the whole point of that. That's what the symbolism of that was. Him breaking away and giving you guys something else to watch. Everyone should have loved it. There should have been no one out there fucking hating on it unless you were some extreme WWE fanboy. Which I only hated on there. it I thought the throne broke weird. <laughs> That's whatever. But, I mean, it was their, what, their, their fucking first live pay-per-view, like... It can't be fucking perfect. Should have just made it out of like a like loosely packed sand so that when he hit it, it just fucking. But just think about all the stuff that they've done to counter program it, right? You've had yeah. title matches because they've announced title matches. You've had Pyro bring brought back because they brought Pyro back. You've had now. Oh yeah, and now that Pyro was such an expensive cost that they couldn't do it anymore, but now they're doing it empty fucking arenas. Yeah, now we're wasting it. Yeah, exactly. And now you got uh, you had. AEW still had the wrestlers out there when there was no fans. WWE took them a couple weeks, but then they copied that. They changed their camera angle because AEW had a different camera angle that made more sense. You had all this different stuff that they are fucking clearly copying. It's like yeah. it's like watching two other companies, like a like Coke and Pepsi, copy each other, or yeah. McDonald's and Burger King. They We're gonna always put copy vanilla each other. in our. Well, we got vanilla now too, yeah. and vanilla cherry. And, it, like, and it, okay. ha- it happens with everything, but this is just so transparent that it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, and again, I I like the idea of counter programming. I don't like the I don't like the idea of hey, let's put a fucking name on it that your dad came up with and try to draw people. Like I just I don't know. It, it don't sit right with me, but whatever. All right, we'll get back. I don't have any big deals or not, but I do have a random fandom fact of the week. And then, of course, dumb tweet of the week, which you've already kind of mentioned earlier. We already know oh, low key, you won it, my I friend. You won a it, fucking idiot. And then, of course, my top five matches of the week. I do have one honorable mention, but we'll get back to that as soon as we get back from this break. 
This is Sarah the Rebel, and you're listening to the MonsterCast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the MonsterCast. Uh, we've got the random fandom fact of the week brought to you by the Great North Apparel. You shouldn't have to choose between quality and sustainability. Every time you make a purchase with the Great North, you are planting trees and preserving our lands, removing garbage from our oceans, and contributing to a sustainable environment. And now you can use our promo code MONSTERCAST in all caps for 30% off your order. So go to thegreatnorth.net today. All right. So random fandom fact of the week. Uh, since I didn't have a bunch of info, I decided to throw this in there. 18 years ago, today, today, on Raw is War from Charlotte, North Carolina, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker to win the WWF Championship. The win made Austin just the third man to win the WWF Championship four times, joining Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. Of course, a million people have done that since. Because we like to play hot potato these days. The bout is the most watched wrestling match and segment in the history of cable television, scoring a 9.5 rating, meaning nearly 1 in 10 homes that had cable had the match on, and an estimated 10.7 million viewers. By comparison, the This Is Your Life segment, often cited, <laughs> often cited as the most watched segment in Raw history, only got an 8.4 rating with The Rock and Mankind. Oh, God, I thought you were talking about the Bailey one. No. I thought you were going to be like a comparison to Bailey. This is your life segment. You got 300,000 viewers. The mark, the mark surpasses the Raw is War May 10th main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and Vince McMahon defeating the Corporate Ministries, Undertaker, Triple H, and Shane McMahon in terms of rating and viewers. That one got a 9.17 with a 10.58 million viewers, which is probably the closest thing since or Closest thing to it. In fact, five of the 12 most watched matches in cable history were on that episode. That episode was the highest rated in the show's history with an 8.1 rating for the night. Raw also crushed Nitro in the head-to-head for that night with a 6.8 for WWF's offering and a 3.6 for WCW's. So, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's... um. Today... And we're talking 8.1 rating for the night, 6.8 overall. The seg that segment alone got a 9.5. Boy, they will never see those numbers again the way they're going. No, probably not. Also, I mean, I should say that there's more stuff on TV these days, more streaming services, which was not heard of back then. You know, all that kind of stuff obviously takes in. To consideration you can always watch something later now you don't have to watch it live um you know all that kind of stuff but still i think even without all that stuff i don't think they would be hitting that ever again yeah um it's it's funny because the the thing that you're talking about it was actually um the one in ten number that you're talking about is based on today's numbers of how many people have cable and television and stuff back then it would have been one out of every six that actually had cable so if they were for every household that was able to watch it like actually had a, a cable platform that was um capable of, of tuning into that channel that was one in six which is absolutely goddamn crazy there's also some other some other cool notes from this day in wrestling history random fandom facts of the week although i just gave you like five facts in that one fucking thing right there um, eight years ago, speaking of the Bash, the Great American Bash, um, 
eight years ago today, WWE presented just The Bash instead of The Great American because, you know, we got to get those international viewers. Um, mm. uh, we had a couple matches. I'll just go over the uh, the title stuff. You had um, Edge, and Chris, or Edge and Chris Jericho. They defeated Carlito and Primo to win the WWE Unified Tag Team Championship. You had Michelle McCool defeating Melina to win the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Triple H in uh, two to one in the Three Stages of Hell match to retain the WWE Championship. Jeff Hardy defeated CM Punk by DQ in a World Heavyweight Championship match. So there was that stuff. And then uh, five years ago today, on a live episode of Impact from Universal Orlando, Bad Influence, which was the former name of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, defeated AJ Styles and Kurt Angle to win the TNA World Tag Team Championship. So. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, WWE fanboys. And in some sad news, four years ago today, Matthew Wade Osborne, who had his biggest success as the original Doink the Clown, was found dead in his apartment in Texas. He was only 55 years old. Uh, and I believe that is it from – oh, no, wait, one more. Oh, no, I'm that one's not important. That was just an impact thing from two years ago. That's like a pay-per-view or something. Um – Two, year ago, two years ago today, uh, Dave Metzler had reported that Austin Aries, Taryn Terrell, and Awesome Kong were all leaving TNA at the same time, which was a big hit, obviously, for them. And that's about it for the random fandom facts of the week. I gave you so many that it made up for not doing any previous shows, so that's good. Uh, and then, of course, we have the dumb tweet of the week. Well, Wait. before we get into that, I, I do have a news story. Um, it just came out not that long ago because I was listening to Observer this morning. Apparently, WWE has been reaching out to Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, to see that, if, that uh, doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, and uh, I guess the logic behind it is that if WWE grabs her, then any backlash they get can be rolled into, oh, it's fine, she's a heel. Whereas if AEW gets it, they're going to, uh, like, even, I, I don't think they'd have any interest in her anyway, but if they did short of, show any interest or end up picking her up, then their backlash would very much be like, hey, like, we know the difference between storyline shit and real shit, and this is a bad person. Yeah. So what the fuck are you doing? And WWE fans, I feel like, would be more like, oh, yeah, she's terrible, but, you know, so is Hulk Hogan and Lars Sullivan, and just make them a heel and we'll, we'll hate them. Well, here's the deal with the Tessa Blanchard thing. I already tweeted out that if either one of them was going to get her, it would be WWE because WWE has this god complex like the Patriots do where <laughs> where like if they if they see somebody that's troubled, oh, we can fix that person. Yeah. We're big enough to fix that person. We're the we're the we'll put them in our wellness program, bro. So, what they're going to do is bad attitude aside and in WWE's credit Yes, they've taken on people with bad attitudes. They've taken on CM Punk. They've taken on Ultimate Warrior. They've taken on Austin Aries. You know, just people with notorious bad attitudes a lot of the time. Mm. And they keep bringing them back over and over, no matter what they do, don't matter. I mean, fucking Ultimate Warrior stood up Vince McMahon in the back for more money or he wasn't going to go out there. I mean, that's some hardcore shit. Like, that's, that's, some, that's some shitty shit to do to somebody. And they even still brought him back later, okay? Yeah. So Vince McMahon sees money. Okay, that's that's his thing. But there's got to be a certain point where it's like there's only only so many red flags that someone can throw out before you're like, okay, I really don't want to fuck with that person. Now, yeah. I, I am kind of shocked that her dad works for AEW and is kind of doing a little four horsemen stable or that we think they're going in that direction. And she could be the female of that stable and it would make sense, right? 
But on the other hand, you also have Ric Flair's daughter over here, and Becky Lynch is gone for the Mm. foreseeable future, and you need a name to come in and probably feud with that with that chick with Charlotte and Tessa would work perfectly with in that in that scenario but to but to uh purposely not send in promo work while you're their world champion not women's champion not knockouts champion world champion is fucked up you got to the point where i'm thinking there's some tampering going on backstage where they're telling you just stay in mexico until they fucking just get rid of you, and then we'll bring you over. And I would not put it past them. If this was an actual sports uh, league association like an NBA or NFL, and we had tampering rules like that, WWE mm. would be fucked right now. So, yeah, yeah I, I think she's chasing the money. I think she's going to go to WWE. And uh, it doesn't shock me at all that WWE is actually going after her either. <laughs> Yeah, um, I. And that's I'll put it, ra- that's I'll racist, put it this way: that's racist remember- comments aside, by the way, racist comments aside, this right? Is just that's just her about, shitty attitude. This is, yeah, this is just talking about her shitty attitude while she's been in Mexico, quote unquote, quarantine and not able to leave the country, even though Pentagon just Pentagon came back just got on out. Raw. Yeah. Pentagon just got out. You had no reason not to send. Pentagon a was on Raw, bro. Anyway, Pentagon just got out. And showed up on fucking live TV, but mm. you're somehow magically stuck in Mexico. And somehow, I guess they shut down the Wi-Fi, and you can't send any videos to Impact for promos. So I don't know if she already had the if she had the title down there with her in Mexico or what, or that's why they brought up the TNA title with Moose or whatever with that little storyline. I don't know what the hell the situation going on with that is, but uh, should be quite interesting to see. What happens? But I do think that she's going to go to WWE because I don't think AEW is going to take her unless they have some kind of serious talk with her and Tolly. Other than that, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I think um. Going to be interesting to see all the people that defended her in fucking TNA too. Now that she did what she did to TNA, so let's see if they still if they still come out and support her or a bunch of stories come out about her after she leaves. It reminds me of Aaron Hernandez, man. You remember? Um, yeah, I know that's a weird comparison considering you end up murdering people, but same kind of. I, I get the same vibe from it. Like the NFL going into the draft, they had the scouting report on Hernandez, and it pointed out in full detail all his like uh, past issues with the law. All his, and it even had like one to ten ratings for different attributes of his personality, like. So obviously he had like a 9 or 10 for all the football skill-related stuff. But it, there was one on there, I think it was called Social Maturity. And he got like a 2. And like willingness to – like being coachable and stuff like that. Like he had a bunch of ratings for personality traits like that. And he probably would have been a first-round draft pick if he had been higher in those areas because he was great at football. And it ended up being that he was what, like the 44th pick or something that round? Like, he wasn't a first-round pick. He was, like, in third, I think. I don't even remember. 144th. I don't even fucking remember. He was he was a real late pick compared to what he thought he was going to be. Um, and I get the same vibe with stuff like this, like Tessa and, or if Loki ever tried to go anywhere. Um, they, they have 
good talent. You could give them a an eight to ten for their in, well, maybe not so much location. You can throw but, Aries in there. Aries is you can yeah, throw Aries Austin in there. Aries, yeah. for sure. Like they have really good wrestling ability. They can they can carry a match. They can talk. Like you've got all that shit down. But the level to which they bring down a locker room or the the conflict that they bring with them or their inability to maintain any level of emotional or social maturity in any kind of professional situation they're just not worth the risk and if they are if you do want to take on that risk you take it on much later and more cautiously and at a lower pay rate than you would have if they weren't pieces of shit um and i that's i think that's the same i just get that vibe from wwe that that's how they're they're, they might approach her too is like look like we know you're a problem but we also think you can draw money because you've got a seven and an eight and a nine in these skills, even yeah. though you're a two over here. Um, so we'll play it by ear, and if it gets bad, we'll find a way to dump it or fucking put you on some kind of behavioral plan or whatever they want to do. But to me, man, it's just not worth the risk. She's good, but she ain't that good. There's a, there, I mean, and I get what you're saying with the because they had the information already, but. But because it's uh, murder shit and all this other crazy shit, gang shit that he was involved in, I would also throw in separately, and I'm not comparing the two. Let's just take Aaron Hernandez out of it. The Patriots are notoriously doing this ever since that, too. I mean, they also had Randy Moss, who had a bunch of problems off the field, right? And it was a cocky. Randy Moss. But if we bring him in, we can fix him. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, they did the same thing with him. They also did the same thing with uh, LeGarrette Blunt, running back. They thought they could fix him. Um, and somebody else, too. I just had him off the top of my head, and I can't remember. Um, but but they, they've notoriously done that. And Oh, Josh Gordon, of course, who's now re- looking for reinstatement to the NFL for like the eighth time. Yeah. Um, so they do this all the time, and that's what WWE is – that that's what WWE is to me. They're they're the Patriots. They're mm. yes, they're the head of the class all the time. But eventually, that shit's you're gonna get burned. And yeah. Patriots have been burned. WWE has been burned. But they're not learning from their mistakes, uh, because all they see is dollar signs. Or in Patriots' case, all they see is championship rings. You know, stuff like that. Mm. But but when you can see it from a mile away, right? Like this Tesla situation, it's like why. And that's why she's, I'm not she's gonna rub so many people in WWE the wrong way, dude. Going to, it's got. She's gonna have to, especially if she comes into that attitude with "I'm a real world champion," which you're not because it's Impact. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you won the world championship at Impact, right? And you're going into a place that just had Ronda Rousey. It's got Charlotte. It's got Becky. You can even throw Sasha and Bailey in there. Uh, I mean, like hardcore, really good. And we're not even talking about Oscar, right? I mean, we're not even getting into fucking just the NXT people because we understand that Tessa, when she gets over to WWE, she's not going to NXT. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, probably not. She, she's going to Raw. She's going to go feud with Charlotte. They're gonna. If Vince was smart, he would hit that feud off right away because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't want to be burned and left that match on the table if you're looking for money, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, you might want to give her a little bit of a probationary, probationary period to see if she works out because you also don't want to put her over Charlotte. Well, in that case, and you then, would put her in NXT then. Yeah, because my thought on that is you put her in a program against Charlotte, you have her beat your 80-time champion or whatever the hell Charlotte's up to now. But and, I, don't think, I don't think it would be a Baron Corbin-Matt Riddle situation. I think it would be better because Charlotte probably knows Tessa because Ric Flair and Tolly 
Mm. Fucking we're together forever. I'm sure Charlotte and Tessa's path have crossed on more than one occasion that they know each other. My problem is not that she's going to have an issue with Charlotte. It's that if you put her over Charlotte and then she's just gone from the company after two months of, you know, doing some stupid shit. Now you've buried Charlotte with no chance for retribution for no reason. But did we really bury Charlotte? Aren't we the ones that say every week that Charlotte can take a loss and take anything pretty much? I mean, we had fucking Ric Flair lose to Kenny Dykstra, and he was still in Evolution, and he was still fucking tag team champion, intercontinental champion afterwards, and all that other shit. And no one's looking at Ric Flair and like, oh, his whole career was ruined because he lost to fucking Kenny Dykstra. I don't know. And Tessa, yeah, I had mentioned it because we know about it, but I can also say the same thing about Chris Jericho and Fandango. But it doesn't ruin their fucking uh, career because they lost to that future person. Future tag team champion, Fandango. They're not, they're not gonna win the tag team championships. I wish, I hope they do. I'll go on record Dude, and say it. I hope they that, do. But that Imperium Emporium entrance was mm-hmm. the funniest shit. Dude, I died. Yeah, that was good shit. Like I, I, I just really wish the ring announcer had announced them as the names that were on their their yeah, jackets. It would have been funny. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna win the tag team championships. But it would be awesome if they did. But yeah, that's my point though. Is I don't think it will ruin Charlotte, especially considering that Tessa has more of a build and name than Kenny Dykstra and Fandango did at the time that they went over their quote-unquote legends. Depends on how much you think WWE fans know about Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, that's true too. But I was going to take his Michael Cole or whoever the fuck's on commentary to say, Oh, it's the daughter of Tully Could it be? Oh, my. It's the daughter of Tully Blanchard. She's an original four horsewoman as well or some dumb shit like that. You know, yeah, that's all they're going to say. Who the fuck is Tully Blanchard? Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or those they just say second generation star of Tully Blanchard. You know, something. Oh, oh, she's second generation. So that means her dad muscle wrestled. All right. So let's get into this dumb tweet of the week. Low key. We already. I feel like. I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to read what he said. This is the picture he put up. I don't know if he just found this or if he made this. I assume that he found it somewhere and just decided to agree with it. Respect is a two-way street. I respect your right to remain ignorant, be ruled by fear, and not by logic or intelligence. Wear a mask, social distance that ultimately harms your health now and in the future, provided I do not pay for your bad decisions. I respect my own health enough to expose my immune system to the world by shaking hands and embracing people as we have for thousands of years to build our immune systems to fight against disease now and in the future. You have zero right to tell me that I must wear a mask, take a vaccine, or social distance from others who also choose not to do these things. Life is about choices, and in the information age, ignorance is a choice. I choose not to be ignorant. Quote, unquote. And then I, of course, quote tweeted this and said, knew there was a reason I didn't like you. The reason states are now making you wear a mask is because people like you didn't listen to the original guidelines to stay stay safe in the first place. That whole flatten the curve motto not only never got flat, but got worse. Thumbs up to you. I'm so glad I don't follow him and I don't like him. Now, I've never really been a huge fan of his at all. Um, But yeah, so. A couple things about this. I will. uh, I'll keep it. Lower yeah, do, key do the time. short do do the shorter version, lower key version, because we've already kind of ranted on it. Because people already know why we think this is stupid, but just go ahead. Even aside from the whole harms your health thing, let, let's point out two real quick things about this. First of all, it's not an infringement on your freedoms to require that you wear a mask any more than it's an infringement on your freedoms to re- require that you wear fucking pants into a Walmart. 
You nobody. You have to wear pants when you go outside. You can't go around with your dick flopping out. Why? Because it's considered public endangerment in the sense of indecent exposure, right? Nobody. You don't ever hear Loki talking about. Oh well, you're just ignorant, and it's my right to have my dick flopping out when I go to Walmart, because it's not really an infringement of your rights. You don't have a right to not wear a mask. You don't have a right to put the public at danger. Talking about building up your immune systems by shaking hands and all this other shit, this is a novel virus, okay? You don't build up your antibodies or your immune system through shaking hands and all that other shit. What, what you build up your antibodies through is getting it and then hopefully surviving it. That's it. That's how you build up your antibodies with this. It's not a fucking – it's not a case of going out and licking doorknobs so you don't get the common cold as much. You already have some antibodies for that that you've been exposed to since birth. This is new to humans, so it does not apply by the same – There's the same rules don't work here. Okay. The third thing, and let's talk about long-term damage, which I'm assuming is his retarded fucking attempt to, to kind of call to hypoxia and blood oxygen and all that stuff. And I apologize for using that word, but honestly, that's the closest thing I can, I can call this point of view at this point. So – if he's concerned about the long-term damage of very extremely slight oxygen deprivation to his blood, okay, he should understand that every time he changes from sea level to a higher elevation, he experiences a bigger drop in his blood oxygen than, than he does. So he should stop going to anywhere like Denver, Colorado, or to the mountains of Washington, or, or anywhere basically that's above, I'd say, 2,500 feet above sea level, because that's when you start to experience the exact same symptoms in your blood oxygen. On top of that, the long-term effects of getting COVID-19, even if you survive it, are much worse than any even long-term real hypoxemia would be. Not the, not the fake version that you think happens from wearing a mask, but the real version of it, like legitimate loss of blood oxygen for long periods of time, the side effects of that are not as bad as the side effects of COVID, where they've seen that basically what it does to your lungs, they've done some autopsies of, of people that have had it, and they've also done scans of people that have survived it. It causes severe tissue damage to your lungs and other organ systems. They they found stuff in people's lungs that looks like ground glass from their bodies trying to fight it off. Like, this is not a... It's not a matter of, oh, you just get it and you fight it off like a cold. You forget you ever had it. This is long-term damage to your internal organ systems if you catch this, even if you live. So stop playing stupid about it. Stop pretending that wearing a mask is some infringement of your rights. It's not more of an infringement on your rights than making you wear fucking pants. Or you ever seen a no shirt, no shoes, no service sign? Do you consider that an infringement of your rights? Or you? And the, you know what? Before you go, before I get this thought out of my head, the funny thing is that most people that are bitching about that particular thing about the mask being uh, part of their rights or whatever that they can or cannot wear it and they can't be denied whatever are mm. the same people that would, if they had a fucking business, would enforce. Oh, I can serve whoever I want. Oh yeah, I don't. Those are the bake exact same people. I don't want to bake a cake for gay people, but. Yeah, you know, they're the exact it's same a, people. Infringement of my rights to, to make yeah. me wear a mask. But now, but now I can come into your establishment. But if I had an establishment of my own, then it's my rules because I own it. You can't have it both ways. It's but crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not an infringement of your rights. It is a public safety issue. There's other public safety issues that you are prevented from going out and making worse. You're you're not allowed to go out and inject people with needles or fucking cough in their faces or all kinds. Of, you're not allowed to go out and lick public doorknobs. You remember a while back when everybody got in trouble for food tampering for doing that stupid shit for TikTok or whatever yeah. they were doing it for where they were licking yeah. the ice creams and all that stuff? Yeah. You're essentially doing the same thing right now by not wearing a mask, whether you understand that or not. 
So yes, it's a public safety issue. That's and they do have the authority to mandate things like this in the cases of public safety issues. The way that Article 10 works, uh, if there's a if there's a right that the federal government doesn't have, the state has the right to enforce it or to make a law for it. And every state and most municipalities and counties have policies that say that they are allowed in states of emergency or in times of you know public crisis, natural disaster, whatever, which this would be considered to enact certain mandates. That's why you're allowed to put out curfews. That's why you're allowed to uh, – so let's say there's a hurricane coming through and a, and a curfew comes through. Yeah, it's an infringement on your rights to, make, to tell you that you can't be out on the roads at 730, and if you are, you're going to get cited. But they're doing that for public safety, and they're allowed to because it's a state of emergency, and so is this. So shut up. Think Either about the, wear think your about mask the- or don't go out. Think about all the different states that have all these dumb rules that have never gotten abolished or whatever that people probably break all the time. If they yeah, ever wanted to start enforcing sodomy, those, there's sodomy laws in some states. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's oral sex laws in states that's, as well. Yeah, that's. Funny. Uh, but anyway, but those those can be enforced. Like if they wanted to enforce that and they could fucking prove it, you could be in jail for shit that is not illegal in other states. Okay, so here's the deal. If you really have an issue with wearing a mask that bad, then go to a different state. Or just go to a go to a, like there, here's the other thing about this. Or stay too. in your fucking house like you were supposed to, to from the fucking beginning. Right. There's there's counties within this state where the sheriff has already come out and said, oh, we're not going to be we're not going to be enforcing that. We don't we don't believe in it. You know these hit counties out in North Carolina. If you want to go shopping so bad without your mask, go drive up to one of them and go get sick with everybody else. Leave the rest of us alone. Yeah, I. I can, I can get fired for if I get caught not wearing mine while I'm on the clock at work. Bro, how do you how do you not have brain damage? You wearing that mask for eight hours? It's crazy. Well, it's, well, it's Walmart, so it's not though. You can you can pass. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, my point is, I can take off my mask if I take my mask off and the right person walks by at the wrong time. I'm done. I've already seen people get fired from my jo- my job for not wearing their mask. Walmart is not going to make you wear a fucking mask for no fucking reason. Walmart's not going to close their stores at 8.30 and refuse oh, to make money at, at from going from 24 hours a day to fucking basically, what, 16 I, hours? I love the logic that it's all just a big hoax because I guarantee you that my $1.5 trillion valuation company that I do project management and quality work for – they would not be closing stores right now for funsies, okay? Yeah, we like yeah, money. Yeah. Well, fucking a country built on money, and you are you think it's fake that all these people are just refu- – all these people just got together one day like, yeah, money's not that big of a deal. Let's just close all this shit down. That's, are you fucking yeah, serious? That's crazy. So every uh, – but, you know, everything's a, a corporate conspiracy to get more money from you when – or Big Pharma or whoever. Big Pharma right now is trying to save your life, okay? And corporate corporations right now are literally losing money on purpose to make sure that people don't get more sick. So please shut the fuck up. Um, all right. Let's go to – oh, by the way, low-key, shut the fuck up. Shut all the right. fuck up. <laughs> Ray's top five matches of the week brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks, 300 milligrams of caffeine. You can take it as a pre-workout or whenever you need an extra boost throughout the day. Zero sugar, and you can buy it from GNC, Crunch Fitness, Planet Fitness, and more. But if you go to repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, or Google Ray's Energy and go to their site, you can use our promo code MONSTER. 
and get 15% off your order. You can also select auto shipping and get an additional 10% off your order. So go to repsports.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 15% off your order and raise some hell. All right. So before I get into this, uh, I do have an update of the best of 2020. This includes this top five already, or technically top six because I have the one honorable mention. I will bring up my spreadsheet now. All right. So I'm not going to go over the... Um, Oh, let me put it in order. My bad. I forgot to do that after I was done. Um, oh, that's the wrong way. My bad. Z to A. Okay. All right, so I'm not going to go over the entire list because I have 169 names now on the list. Hopefully by the end of the year, maybe I'll be able to get close to – maybe I'll do like a top 200 at the end of the year. I won't have 500 like PWI because – I think anybody with like under one or like under a certain like the the minimum amount of points probably you could cut off and just do like a top, you know, fifty yeah. or something. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I uh, let's see where we are at the end. But since we're halfway through the year, pretty much, I'm gonna go best of 2020. So far, I'll go over the top. Ooh, what do I want to do? What do we want to do for the show, right quick? I'm just gonna do it real quick, so it doesn't really matter. But I could do top. 20? Top 25? I can do it real fast. 25. Here we go. 25 is Ortiz with 19 points. He's actually tied with Pac or Pac with 19. So we should tell you something how about how good Pac's been because he hasn't been on TV in forever and Ortiz has while this whole thing's been going on. And he's just now tied with him. Kyle O'Reilly also has 19 uh, Ray Phoenix, Pete Dunn, Pentagon Jr., Bobby Fish all have 20. Charlotte is in 19th with 21. Trent and Chuck Taylor both have 22. Um, Santana and Drew McIntyre both have 24. Darby Allen has 26 by himself in 14th. Uh, Keith Lee and John Moxley are, both have 28. Scorpio Sky and Chris Jericho both have 29. Daniel Bryan is by himself in ninth place with 30. Uh, Frankie Kazarian has 32. Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson both have 35. Sammy Guevara has 36, which will probably drop off significantly now. Or he'll go down the list anyway. Yeah. Um, Matt Riddle has 38. Cody Rhodes has 48. Adam Page has 72, and number one is Kenny Omega with 93. <laughs> and I hate myself for Kenny Omega having that much, but the numbers He's don't just lie. So good. The numbers don't lie, man. And I'm not even a huge Kenny Omega mark like uh, my co-host is here, and a lot of other people around the world, honestly, because you know, it was it was pretty much uh, the argument was Kenny Omega and then everybody else, and then of course everybody. Saw that, and of course, you got the same thing you have in WWE when, you know, Daniel Bryan is the hottest thing ever, and then just people have to shit on him just to shit on him because, oh, he's too cool, so now we got to shit on him. I mean, that's pretty much what's going on with Kenny Omega and the internet wrestling community. But when I'm doing the fucking matches and I'm adding it up, and I have a I have a uh, key here to guidelines, and he's 21 points higher than the second-place guy who just happens to be his tag team partner – how can you how can you deny how great Kenny Omega is? It's impossible. So yeah. we'll see what happens with the second half of the year, but 
so far, it's not looking good. It's going to take a miracle for somebody else to even take it over, unless his name is Adam Page, of course. Unless he gets injured. That, too. Even if he gets injured, though, the third-place person is yeah. 40, 48. And I guess if anybody did have a shot, it would be Cody as long as he keeps having these weekly matches and they if they make the top five, you know, with the TNT Championship. So mm. maybe. But Kenny Omega would have to get injured yesterday. Yeah. All right, so uh, my top five of the week do you have a top five no i didn't do one this week uh number six the one honorable mention is cesaro nakamura miz and morrison versus new day and lucha house party from smackdown gave it three stars um and then entering into the top five number five was from raw it was the street profits versus the viking radius for the tag team championships i gave that three and a third number four was from raw as well it was oscar versus charlotte for the women's title uh, where Asuka won, of course. I gave that three and a half. NXT comes in third place with Keith Lee versus Balor versus Gargano with three and a half. And then number two is from the New Japan Cup. Okada versus Nagata. I gave that three and a half. Hmm. And then number one was FTR versus SCU AEW with three and three fourths. So no fours this week from me. I have not caught up on the, the cup yet, but I'm assuming Okada won. Okada did win. Yeah. But it was weird because Okada won by, like, Cobra Clutch. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. So I That's don't know weird. if he's going to start doing that or if that just happened to be part of that storyline or what because, you know, I was watching it in Japanese, so I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with that. I didn't know if it was a callback to something else because I'm not in tune with it like you are, but I thought it was weird that Okada one with a submission not just a submission move but just a cobra clutch it was like i was watching fire pro I was like really that was random but all right speaking of fire pro somebody added um lance archer's ebd claw pin combination as a move not too long ago and he uh somebody posted a video of it and it was him doing it on darby allen in fire pro and uh and darby allen kicks out at the end of the clip and Lance Archer replied, that's bullshit. Nobody kicks out of the EBD <laughs> So, yeah, it looks uh, pretty cool. We'll see. Uh, next week, obviously, we're going to have the night ones, or this week, rather, of night ones of uh, Fighter Fest and <laughs> the Great American Bash. Uh, super excited to see that. And then it's going to be interesting to see if they, when they officially rule out Moxley, if they do at all. Because we do know that if you're quarantined, it's supposed to be for 14 days. If he tests and he's negative, and he wants to get out of there, mm. so that he can hit, the, so he can do this match, which I don't think he would. I think he would obviously choose Renee Young over AEW or any promotion. Yeah. But if he can do it and tape the match like today, if he could just tape the match with Brian Cage so that they could have it and then go back right away and be with Renee Young, I think that would be an option. Um. I don't know how they're going to do it yet. We'll see what happens. But if they are attempting to do this live in two weeks, it's going to be a stretch to get him in to do this because he's come in contact with somebody that has COVID. So mm. so him and QT Marshall apparently came in contact with somebody that had COVID-19 yeah. or tested positive for COVID. So they've been kind of laying low. So we'll see what happens. But uh, interesting nonetheless to see what happens and also what happens with – oh, by the way, the thing I mentioned with the Kevin Dunn thing with the mask is it was funny to note that the only person I saw with a mask on in NXT was Shotzi Blackheart in the mm. audience. I think it was NXT. No, not NXT. It had to be Raw or SmackDown. Probably SmackDown. 
because Shotzi's already on NXT, so I don't think she was in the crowd. But, yeah, it was interesting that she was the only one that I saw with a mask on. Um, we'll see if that happens more frequently now or not. Um, also, I think Kevin Dunn should just be relieved of his duties altogether, but whatever. But his we'll dad see. saved some tapes. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the show this week. Hope you guys enjoy the uh, the first week of these TV pay-per-views, which is basically fucking Clash of the Champions from WCW back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, don't forget to check out my newest YouTube video that I posted um, a few days ago where I unboxed the pro- newest pro wrestling crate. It was pretty funny. Pretty good stuff I got in that one. And uh, we'll see you all next week.